The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we turn the calendar to September. It is September 1st. 2023. Uh, Happy college football. We have tons to talk about on the show today. We had college football last night. We have college football all day tomorrow. That's right, folks. Auburn kicks off tomorrow. Most of the SEC gets underway tomorrow, and the rest of college football gets underway as well. It is finally here. No more waiting. Uh, No more random games in Week 0 or Thursday night games. Tomorrow is the day where all teams will be playing college football that haven't gotten started yet. So I'm excited. Um, I know that all fans across the country here in Auburn, Opelika, in the state of Alabama, and across the SEC are excited as well. We have results from last night we need to talk about today. Uh, some really, really interesting games. Uh, the game of the night ended up being the one that nobody else was paying attention to, uh, the one that ended later than most, and we'll talk about that game. Plus, the game that we thought was going to be the game of the night ended up going kind of the way I thought it was going to go. Not as bad, but it went pretty bad. And so we're going to talk about those games from last night. Plus, we are going to talk Auburn and UMass because Auburn gets underway tomorrow in the 2023 season. 2.30 kick over at Jordan-Hare Stadium taking on the UMass Minutemen. So excited to uh, talk about those games today. I'll have my friend Christian Griffin joining me coming up in just a few minutes. He'll join me in the first hour then as we do every single Friday here on On the Line. It's On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett brought to you by Sensa Green Heating and Air. He'll be joining us in the second hour. We'll be making our official picks for all the SEC games coming up and some of the other games around college football as well. Plus, we'll be giving you our analysis, breakdown, and predictions for Auburn and UMass tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So that's what's on the docket for today. Should be a great show uh, before high school football gets underway tonight and, of course, Auburn gets underway tomorrow. But every single Friday to start out the show – I'm here throughout football season. I'm going to start the show with my interview with Keontae Scott for Tiger Takes. It's an interview uh, that plays every Wednesday on the drive during uh, the 4 to 6 o'clock hours there for Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. It's Tiger Takes um, that that they usually do live on their show, but timing just couldn't get it really worked out. And so uh, I'm very honored to be able to sit down every week with Keontae Scott Auburn defensive back and talk about this upcoming season, preview the game coming up, recapping the game from before. And so we're going to start today's show and every Friday show with my interview with Keontae Scott. Uh, this was on Wednesday. And so I want to start the show out with you today. Keontae Scott Auburn defensive back talking about the 2023 season and the game against UMass tomorrow. 
Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, talking with Auburn defensive back and corner Keontae Scott joining us here on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika sports leader. Keontae, great to talk to you, my man. We appreciate you talking and taking the time to sit down with us and uh, preview the 2023 season as you guys get underway in Jordan-Hare Stadium this Saturday. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys for having me. Well, before we uh, before we talk about the the game on Saturday versus UMass, there's a lot of things that have happened between the end of last season and this game on Saturday. What's been the biggest difference for you personally from what last year was in 2022 on this Auburn football team to what you've already experienced under head coach Hugh Freeze in in spring and in fall for 2023? Uh, I think it's just the team coming together, you know, with the new uh, additions Coach Freeze brought in and also just the new coaches, everyone just being able to sit down and, and, and buy in and, and, and realize that, you know, we're trying to push this where we want this program to be and, and everyone coming in and collectively putting in and doing their part to move the program forward. So it's just been a blessing to see everyone coming together and working for one thing and seeing it all come together. It's going to be very exciting and, you know, be able to display it every Saturday this upcoming year of all the hard work we've put in. It seems like, Keontae, a, a very common word that's been used from players and, and people around the program has been refreshing. And just a It's a refreshing mindset, a refreshing energy in the locker room, in practice, on the field, what have you. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I feel like it's just – you know, breath of fresh air, like a, a foundation at the end of the day uh, when you, you lose a coach and, and the program is kind of shaking up. You lose some coaches that you've been around for years and then, you know, a new coach comes in, you kind of have a foundation, kind of have something to stand on and, mm-hmm. and something to believe in. And now we just have something to believe in. We kind of know we've built our standard of where we want this program to go. So just being able to, you know, stand on that every single day we come in the facility, just knowing that in our heads where we want this program to go and working every day to make sure that it gets there. Man, speaking of that facility, that new facility is nice over there, huh? I know you guys are enjoying uh, uh, being able to see that every day and be a part of that, and they just they did it nice over there, man. They did it right in that new football facility. 100%. It's definitely a blessing, some of this, this stuff we have in our facility um, against other you know facilities in the country. We're definitely you know, in one of the best ones in the country. So just being able to have all this, all this, all the things in here and you know, equipped with all the, the, the great people and great staff we have in here i feel like you know it's best at none talking with Keontae scott from auburn football here on espn 106.7 Keontae, for you personally when you transferred from from a juco college into sec football you had impressive stats on this team last year but what was that like for you to go from uh, a good high level juco college but transferring into not just the sec but the sec west which you know better than anybody's the toughest division in college football yeah, it was just, you know, it was just a, a situation where I had kind of just been preparing myself ever since, you know, I, I committed and, and knew I was going to be coming up to Alabama and, and, and play at Auburn, just preparing myself mentally, just trying to get myself ready for the hard times, you know, because at the end of the day, the the good is going to come, but just wanted to be ready for the hard times. I feel like it was, you know, my story is, you know, crazy just as far as me getting getting here so late and just being able to produce definitely feel like I was blessed um and I'm just excited for this year you know uh with having a spring and a summer behind me and you know getting out in front of things and things slowing down for me 
So it's going to be an exciting year for myself and, and for this football team. Does that make you – it's got to make you feel more comfortable, right, more prepared for the season when, like you mentioned, you had that spring, you had the summer, you've had this full fall. Like, that's got to make you more confident and ready and really believing in yourself and your abilities for 2023, right? 100%. Yeah, I just, I just feel like, you know, I really got a chance to see why, you know, the spring and the summer is very important. So, you know, just being able to preach that to some of my teammates on how to take it serious and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, just being able to – you know, everything's slowing down. You know, like the spring and the summer, everything was way slower. The defense is coming more natural. Being out there feels a little bit better. And then, you know, just getting that experience of being in those stadiums, I feel like is a big thing. Also, like going on the road and, and then also just playing in Jordan Harris because I've never played in, in front of a stadium like that. So now, you know, going to Jordan Harris, more like a, I kind of know what to expect. And, you know, I'm kind of used to it now. And I'm, it, it's an exciting thing more than a, like, man, it's going to be a lot of people out there. So. I'm, I'm excited. In 12 total games last year, Keontae, you had 35 solo tackles, 53 total tackles, and also an interception. Then when you look at some of your punt return stats, you, you, you had punt returns in all your games, 134 total yards. What's exciting about punt returning and kick returning for you? What, what separates that play from what you do on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, just kind of getting back to my old roots of, you know, playing receiver. Um, I play receiver my whole life. So when I'm, you know, blessed by the coaches and, and, and by God to be able to be back there and, 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 and have a chance to affect the game on, on both those, those teams, just, um, focusing on taking it, taking more advantage of it, um, this year and, um, definitely just being able to showcase my skills with the ball in my head. Well, Keontae, we know that there are uh, high expectations around you from the people outside looking in for for you in punt return and defensively, but I'm curious on what your expectations are for yourself defensively this fall because, look, man, you're going to be all up in it. You're going to be a huge piece for this Auburn defense in 2023. So what are the expectations you've set for yourself and then for this Auburn defense coming up this fall? Um, as far as expectations for myself, it's definitely to you know be – a commander and a leader of this defense and, you know, being able to pick us up when things are going bad, but also being able to make sure that we're, we're not being satisfied when things are going good. And also, you know, just as far as for myself is just to uphold the standard for that we set as a defense, but also uphold the standard I have for myself of being able to um, be in the slot, you know, get some of teams' best receivers. So being able to, you know, handle that matchup and, and take those guys away during the games and then, you know, um, get back there and punt return and being able to, you know, get the first first down for the offense and, and, and create some big plays back there. Hopefully get in the end zone a couple of times this year. And then as far as our standard for this defense, we just want to be we want to be a rowdy rowdy defense. We want to communicate at a high level. We want to fly around and we want to create takeaways. And uh, we want to, that's what we want to be known for this year. So we just want to you know, our whole thing is getting offense back the ball, mm-hmm. no matter what. If they go out there and, you know, and turn it over or whatever happens. You know, as as the game goes on, just being able to we call it put the fire out. Um, so we're just excited. Everyone's ready. We're just ready to you know get after it. I like that. Just just get them the ball back, right? And just put the fire out and and uh, do your job, right? And so it's exciting for uh, for you, I know, and for this Auburn defense. How what what is Ron Roberts like, defensive coordinator for you guys? What is what is he like in practice? What's his intensity level like? What has he done to help you? Just what is Ron Roberts like on the defensive side for you in practice? Man, I would just say just a defensive guru. You know, he kind of has um, 
answers for a lot of things offenses want to do to us. So just being able to see that and then, you know, just being able to be taught by some of the things he's, you know, saying and, and really learning the defense on why we're doing certain things has just been exciting to learn from him and, 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 and be a part of the defense and, and being a, a big role in the defense that he has. So it's just it's just a good thing. I mean, he's a, he's a great coach. He does his job. You know, if you ever have questions, he, he offers medium time and just little things like that, just showing that, you know, he's very supportive of us and, and you know, he's excited also. So we're just ready to, you know, uh, just be – be ready for him to call plays and us to execute. And, and that's kind of how we got our things. And also him just having trust in us and us having trust in him to, you know, get things done. Star defensive player Keontae Scott from Auburn football joining us on ESPN 106.7. Keontae, who are some of the guys defensively that you enjoy playing alongside? Who gives you – who are you confident in and who do you have the most fun playing with every single day? Um, we So we worked really hard this spring and this summer – of just creating a, a environment where we don't have a drop off. So it doesn't really matter who's really out there. We we all enjoy playing with each other. We all mix it up. No matter who's out there, we feel like we've set a standard to where it doesn't matter who's out there. We're all at the, playing at the same level, the high intensity, communicating well. So, I mean, I enjoy playing with every single person I'm out there with, no matter who's out there, because I know at the end of the day, everyone knows the standard and everyone knows kind of what we want to accomplish as a defense. So it's, it's not like, oh, man, you know, so it's just like being out there with anybody, any one of my daughters, I'm, I'm grateful for, and, you know, we're ready to go to war. So I wouldn't say there's no one, anyone in particular. Um, you know, I would be biased and say the defensive backs, but, I mean, you know, we, we had our business and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I would just say just everyone, really, the whole defense is going to be very – very exciting this year, just being able to, you know, get fresh legs out there and, and then not be a drop-off and not be, oh, their twos are in or nothing. We don't really have starters. We just got role players, and we're all playing a role this year. No, I mean, that's, that's a great answer because – and that's what, that's what Auburn fans want to hear, right? That's what they want to hear. That's what they want to see because you want it to be uh, – look, playing in the SEC – your starters have to be great, but the guys behind them have to be great as well because the drop-off on the other side doesn't fall off, right? The talent in the SEC is so good. So that's a great – I'm glad to hear that, Keontae, that the defense – and uh, sounds like you guys are confident, a uh, confident bunt as you should be and just super, super talented, man. 100%. And so – Looking at the offense, because you're playing it, you're going up against them right throughout the fall. We know Peyton Thorne has been named the starter for Auburn uh, at the quarterback spot. What have you personally seen from Peyton Thorne and, and maybe why you think he won the starting job? Uh, I definitely would say Peyton, you know, is just, a, is just a great quarterback. At the end of the day, I feel like he does he does the things the quarterback needs to do at that position of reading defense as well, making the right throws, and then just being able to you know pick the guys up. I feel like uh, the offense – um, when he's in, they 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 know he's the the commander of the offense, and they listen, and and you know everything flows around him. So just seeing him being able to come in and and get people to buy in, and and you know build relationships, it was it was great to see. So I definitely feel like Peyton is the you know the guy for the job, and and but it's also going to be exciting to see the combinations and how Coach Freeze puts everything together with the with the QB room, but just with the offense in general. I feel like it's the same standard for the offense. You know, we got guys on on both sides of the ball that can rotate in and not be drop-offs. So it's just exciting to, you know, to have a roster like this and just have a team like this, have a fan base like this, have, you know, just just being Auburn and just, you know, just be looking forward to building it back up and to where it's supposed to be. So it's just going to be an exciting year 
exciting for the offense, excited for the defense, excited for special teams, just exciting for Auburn in general. Well, it sounds like uh, you and this team are ready to go. The fan base is excited too, man. I know you guys see it. I know you feel it. Um, they are going to be loud and proud on Saturday inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium with Auburn kicking off against UMass at 2.30. Let's talk about that UMass team in this game coming up on Saturday. It's game one, right, Keontae? There's so many things that you know could could be a little slower to get started. And not that UMass is is an SEC squad by any means, but it is week one. And so what are what's the message going into week one from head coach Hugh Freeze from Ron Roberts on the defensive side what's the message going into this game one against UMass oh it's definitely to you know play to to our standard um I know that word keeps popping up but it's just at the end of the day that's what we built and that's our culture and um you know we definitely never want to take an opponent lightly or anything we want to you know they've got some guys out the transfer portal so they're you know a pretty decent team they do some some things defensively and offensively that you know we're we're going to be worried about but at the end of the day it's just to send a message um to let everyone know that you know this Auburn team is a different team this year and 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 Saturday is the first chance we get to display that and, and just show all our work and I know that the the feeling for you and this entire squad running into Jordan-Hare Stadium for the first time and what should be a revived fan base, a fan base that's sold out. You know, you've seen the numbers with the season tickets more than ever. Uh, they're sold out this game, particularly sold out in game one versus UMass. So, man, what's your, what's your favorite Auburn tradition so far since you've been here, whether it be football or another sport or just anything in town? What's your favorite Auburn tradition so far? I definitely would just say Tiger Walk. Just seeing, you know, younger kids and just everyone that's just so happy to see us and, and showing so much support. I definitely feel like that that's a moment that I definitely take serious every time, no matter if we're away or home, just, just seeing the support of everyone and it's just something that is it's a it's a blessing to see before you go in a stadium and, and go into a hectic game that, you know, sometimes can get hectic, but just feeling that love before you even get into that moment is definitely something that you know, me and all of my teammates appreciate. So that's definitely something we, you know, don't take lightly. And, you know, this year it's going to be something that I've been telling all our new guys and all our new staff members, man, that's something that you'll never forget. So I definitely can't wait for Tiger Walk for sure. Well, you'll have Tiger Walk on Saturday when Auburn kicks off against UMass at Jordan-Hare Stadium, 2.30 over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Keontae Scott, star defensive player for Auburn football, punt returner as well, joining us every single week here on ESP at 106.7. He'll join us and we'll recap the game from before. We'll preview the game ahead and talk about the season as a whole every single week here on ESP at 106.7. Keontae, great to talk to you, brother. I appreciate your time and uh, go get a win on Saturday. Yes, sir. So that is, again, my weekly interview all throughout football season with uh, Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott. We will play that every single Friday to start the show here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. It will air originally on The Drive on Wednesday afternoons in the second hour with Bill and Dan uh, for Tiger Takes. So be sure you tune in for that. And if you miss it, you can always catch it here on Friday afternoons at 2 o'clock during On the Line. When we come back, my friend Christian Griffin will join me here in the studio. We'll start talking some college football. What happened last night? in in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. What happened to the Gators and Billy Napier? We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. This is the Friday edition of On the Line. Got a few minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour break and uh, just played you my Keontae Scott interview from earlier this week. We'll play that every Friday for you here on the show. But as I mentioned, a good friend of mine, Christian Griffin, also my Lee Scott color commentator on Friday nights in the booth. He joins me in the studio right now. And Christian, great to have you on the program, man. Great to have you in the studio. I look forward to uh, later on here this this evening over at Lee Scott at Judd Scott Field for Friday night football. But man, great to have you in the studio for the first time. Man. Yeah, this is awesome. Looking forward to to tonight, but I was looking forward to this afternoon a whole lot too. Just being able to talk about college football. It's finally here. No more week one, or week zeros, as you mentioned. It That's is right. week one. And we're kicking it off. Yeah, well, we uh, had some games last night, didn't we? We'll talk about those games a little bit. Then coming up, we'll have uh, a little bit of a preview looking around some of the other games in college football coming up in week one. And then, of course, coming up in hour number two, Uncle T-Bone will join me for On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone brought to you by Cincy Green Heating and Air. So that'll be coming up. We'll be making our SEC picks and predictions plus the Auburn and UMass game as well. But, man, last night, a couple of good games. Um, The one that was supposed to be good, ended up not really being all that good when Billy Napier in year two under Florida took his Gators out to Salt Lake City taking on number 14 Utah Uh, the line was Utah minus five and we know that Cam Rising didn't play starting quarterback for Utah their starting tight end didn't play and I sat right here in this studio on this microphone yesterday and I said it doesn't matter I said Utah's going to win this football game. They are more talented than Florida. They are better coached than Florida. They are just a better football team than Florida. And Christian, that's exactly what we saw on television last night. Florida looked bad. I mean, they looked bad. They lose to Utah 24-11. to And all I can think is, how much worse would it have been if Cam Rising did play in this football game? I mean, Florida looked worse than I thought they were going to look. Yeah, I think Utah was the unanimous and the very popular pick, rightfully so. And I think sloppy is an understatement for the way that Florida looked, both offensively and defensively. And it's funny when you look at it now, even pregame, once you once Cameron Rising was ruled out, mm-hmm. the way that the media ruled Florida was, okay, you go there and you beat Utah. Well, you beat a Utah team that didn't have Cam Rising. Now all of a sudden, you come off of a, you come with a loss and you're looking at it now. Well, you lost to a backup quarterback at Utah. And things are blowing up down there in Gainesville. Right. And I said this yesterday. I said this was a game, this was a huge opportunity for Florida and Billy Napier because we know that last year started off with a win versus Utah, but then the season sort of crashed and burned. In year two, there's a lot of pressure on Billy Napier already. And this was an opportunity for you to get a top 15 win against a team that didn't have their starting quarterback and you had a chance to get a win that I think are going to be very hard to come by on this schedule. And you go out and you look bad. I mean, this was a sloppy Florida team. You had guys on on field goal attempts. There were three players not on the football field. You had guys lined up wrong all night long. Silly penalties, miscommunication. Graham Mertz looked like a bad quarterback. I mean, this Florida team, I sat there and was questioning, and I know a ton of people on social media were as well. It's like, man, what did you guys do in the offseason? Like, what happened to this Florida team? It looks like they took a step back from last year, if that was even possible. And man, I hate to overreact to a week one result, but 
I just don't know how else to explain what in the world Florida did last night. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where even if you're in the darkness of the tunnel, you want to at least be able to look and see a little bit of light there. But with a with a first half performance and then the inability to make any second half adjustments, definitely you don't see much of a light there. And again, you mentioned it with the costly penalties. You want to highlight the one. Um, they get the third down stop. Punt team comes out for Utah. That momentum is slowly beginning to shift, and two guys with the exact same number for Florida run onto the field oh. and run that play. Utah first down four plays later, 27-yard touchdown, puts them up two scores. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost just exemplifies the, the game within itself. The, the team where Utah didn't look great, but I think you have to give so much credit to Whittingham for putting both of his quarterbacks. He used them amazingly well, used them to their strengths, and then Florida's just inability to to really do anything on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball and get those stops when they needed. Yeah, I mean, just though you brought it up and that's you hit it right on the head. Those types of plays are just plays that can't happen, man. They cannot happen in a game like this. I understand it's week one, but in the second half, you can't have those plays. Like, sure, first week jitters, that's yeah. fine. That can't happen in the third and fourth quarter, man. You can't have two guys at the same number on the field, man. You can't have that. So. That's the biggest thing I heard somebody say it. Florida fans can't even be happier and look at the positives no. because there were none coming out of this game. So I think it's going to be a rough year for Florida fans in Gainesville. They fall to Utah 24-11 to last night. When we come back, my Lee Scott Keller commentator, Christian Griffin, joining me in the studio for hour number one. We'll take a look at the game of the night, truly, plus some other of the big games coming up around college football in week one. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Joining me in the studio here in hour number one, Christian Griffin, my uh, good friend. He's a student over at Auburn University involved with uh, Weagle 91.1 FM, the student radio station. He's also my color commentator for Lee Scott Football, and we will be back on the air this uh, tonight, this Friday night, right here, as we were uh, on a bye week last week in week two. I know it's kind of weird, but Lee Scott opened up the season with a win over Chambers Academy a couple of weeks ago. I uh, had a bye week uh, last week, but we are back in Judd Scott Field, back in the press box tonight over uh, on Academy Drive. And so excited for Lee Scott versus Monroe tonight. The Warriors taking on the Volunteers. Uh, pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on AU100, uh, which is 100.3 FM on the radio, and AU100FM.com. So be sure you tune in as Christian and I will be on the call for Lee Scott versus Monroe. Also, be sure you're flipping back and forth. I say it all the time. We're on the air over on AU100 for Lee Scott. Be sure you're tuning in on Wings 94.3 as well for Auburn High School as they are taking on Enterprise tonight, their first game at home over at Duck Sanford. A new video board over there. I know they're excited about that. So Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, Jack Hutton will have the call. Pre-game 6.30 kickoff at 7 on Wings 94.3. And in the first quarter, you definitely want to be sure you're tuned in for this. 
first quarter uh, during the Auburn High School broadcast. Uh, they are interviewing Demarcus Ware, who is being honored at Auburn High School tonight for uh, his Hall of Fame induction from the NFL. He is on. He's going to be at the game. They're going to interview him live during the first quarter of the broadcast. So be sure you're tuned in for that. That's going to be a really, really good interview. But Christian, let's talk some more college football because I want to look at one more game from last night before we start looking at some of the other games going on in week one and I know you want to talk a little Auburn and UMass last night the game of the night we thought it was going to be Florida Utah ended up being the game played up in Minnesota Nebraska and Minnesota this game is not sexy by any means it was not it was not pretty going into it it wasn't pretty coming out of it but man, there were some great plays, there was some drama, and there was some excitement down the stretch. Minnesota, 13-10 to victory over Nebraska with a walk-off field goal for the win. But the way that they got there was unbelievable. I mean, you had, you had penalties, right? You had big plays. You had the toe-drag touchdown in the end zone with the opposite foot for Minnesota to give them a touchdown. Nebraska had a couple turnovers late. I mean, what a crazy game this was for Minnesota to win, and Matt Rule falls short of his first win at Nebraska. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. It gave college football fans exactly what they wanted in a Week 1 game. You had the drama. You had the exciting play. I'm not a huge fan of people hyping up, you know, certain plays in week one saying catch of the year, you know, things like that. But a catch like that, I feel like definitely deserves some recognition, not only the catch, but the circumstance of fourth and 10 on your 18 yard line or I'm sorry, in the the Nebraska 18 yard mm-hmm. line. And again, that opposite footed catch, a perfectly thrown ball and just a heck of a catch right on that far sideline. And man, yeah, what a what a game hearing about it from um from Dregan Kesich, the kicker from Minnesota who got that feeling. He said, quote, from there, everything went black. It's the moment the kickers dream of, and I can only imagine. Yeah, man, it was a great environment, too, there in Minnesota last night. So that ended up being uh, the game of the night, Minnesota and Nebraska, a Big Ten matchup to start off the season. It just adds a little bit more when you get that conference versus conference matchup, the interconference matchup, if you will, uh, to start the season. But let's look at some of the games coming up tomorrow in college football uh, across week one. And uh, you've got a few SEC games that you want to highlight. And as I mentioned, coming up in hour number two, Uncle T-Bone and I are going to make our SEC picks on our SEC football challenge here for ESPN 106.7. Be sure you go get your picks in at ESPNAU.com. But Christian, what are some of the games you want to highlight before we talk about Auburn and UMass? I feel like the first ones that come to mind are definitely Colorado TCU. Uh, I think there's definitely that. There's West Virginia, Penn State, mm-hmm. and then I feel like you got to go North Carolina, South Carolina, and then that highlight, that barn buster, LSU and Florida State. Yeah, well, let's let's look at these. So Colorado TCU. I right, will start there. 11 a.m. tomorrow on Fox. We know. TCU coming off of their national championship appearance, uh, and that's we'll leave it at an appearance. They were there. <laughs> they were definitely there. Um, and then Colorado. They lost, Look, TCU lost a ton off that team, by the way. Colorado, really college football's biggest question mark. I mean, they're the biggest what-if for Colorado. I'm saying pump the brakes on it a little bit because I think they're going to be humbled very, very quickly, including this game tomorrow against TCU. Will TCU win this thing by 20 and a half points or cover a 20 point spread? No, I don't think so. But I think TCU is a better team, better coached, more talent, just like I was saying with Utah versus Florida. 
but even worse in this game right here. I think TCU is going to handle this thing. But I think the excitement is there for Colorado. The problem is you're playing this in Fort Worth, Texas. You're not playing it out in Colorado. You're playing this in the state of Texas. And so TCU is ranked 17th in the country. Colorado has an entire new roster. But we know Deion Sanders is there. The excitement's there. When Colorado, when the Buffs go back home... They're going to have a chance to win some football games. But to start off the year on the road at TCU, I just don't think they've got what it takes in week one and have a team. You're going to see a lot of mistakes tomorrow. You're going to see a lot of miscommunication tomorrow, frustration for this Colorado team. I think TCU handles this thing easily. Yeah, you can definitely see what Coach Prime has already done there. In his first year at Colorado, you see them sell out the spring game in the snow. So I feel like it shows the energy and the excitement that he has brought to that program. But I think you mentioned it, just the the coachability that TCU has versus the raw talent that I would say that Colorado has at the moment. I do believe that it will be a game going into the second half just because I think Colorado's athleticism Mm -hmm. will get them there. But with that said, I don't think that they're going to be able to handle them for four quarters. But with that said, TCU, as you mentioned, is missing a lot of offense. Max Duggan is gone. Quentin Johnston is gone. Kendra Miller is gone. Those three, probably the top three for that TCU offense. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as explosive as they used to be. Uh, Chandler Morris coming in at quarterback, only 108 pass attempts throughout his career. But TCU learned uh, what SEC football was last year in the college football playoff Seven SEC transfers TCU got during this offseason through that transfer portal, and a majority of their defense is returning. So I think we both mentioned it. Uh, that TCU team is just way more polished. I don't think it'll stop the raw talent through those uh, through those four quarters. So I think it'll be close through three. TCU finds a way to score double digits in the fourth quarter, but I do think Colorado covers that, as I think we both, we both agree on that. Yeah, and I've said this before. In week one... I mean, three touchdowns is a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. This is two Power Five schools going at it. I mean, these are and look, Colorado is a former or a future Big Twelve team again, and so you're looking at in a couple of years, this is a conference matchup right here, and a three touchdown favorite in a conference matchup, a, f- a future conference matchup, that's a lot in Week One. I'm just going to be honest, and you saw Minnesota, Nebraska last night, right? You're going to see it across college football. That's just a lot of points. So will TCU win? Yeah, absolutely. Will Colorado be threatening to win this game late? I don't think so. I have TCU winning, but 20 is just a lot of points, man. It is, and I think it raises the question that I don't think will be quite answered in week one, but by week six or seven, you could definitely raise the question of how much does that running clock and first downs affect blowouts because teams are going to get less possessions. I mean, if you're looking at each team gets one less possession, a 21-point spread, three touchdowns, is is quite a margin especially for week one so it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be something to look at as we get further along into the year just to see how much a team can can grow on a lead on another team well you saw that play out last night in the florida utah game yeah. you saw florida mishandle the new clock rule you saw them mishandle it late in the game they were down two scores and they picked up a few first downs and they just acted like nothing happened and acted like nothing was wrong and that the clock stopped and that they had plenty of time and they obviously ran out and couldn't really do anything with it so yeah you bring up a great point I'm interested to see across the landscape of college football over the next few months how does that new rule affect 
late game decisions how do teams adjust to that how do teams figure that out and how does it affect scoring as well so TCU Colorado definitely an interesting matchup we'll see what the result ends up being we both have TCU taking that another game you have on here West Virginia and Penn State another 20 and a half point line on this one West Virginia uh, from the Big 12 Penn State from the Big 10 first of all I love these types of matchups right you see it with Florida, Utah. You see it with TCU, Colorado, West Virginia, Penn State, North Carolina, South Carolina game we'll talk about in just a few minutes. These week one power five conference matchups. I love it. I absolutely love it. LSU, Florida State. I mean, there are so many good games like this this weekend. The matchup, the names seem to be good, but Christian, this seems to be a game where I think Penn State rolls. I think Penn State covers 20 and a half points here. I really do. Penn State's a good football team. That quarterback they have is special. West Virginia, it's been a disaster there for them, for the Mountaineers for so long. So in Beaver Stadium, night game, going to be wild. I've been there. It's a great atmosphere. Penn State rolls Saturday night against West Virginia, man. Yeah, I think we both are kind of contradicting what we just said about the the TCU-Colorado game, but I also agree with you. I think Penn State covers this rather easily. I don't think that there's any way that the Mountaineers' defensive front four is going to be able to handle that three-deep Penn State offensive line. Leading rusher Nick Singleton returning. Penn State averaged 4.8 rushing yards per carry last year. And we saw exactly what Nick Singleton and that offensive line did to the Auburn Tigers here uh, last year. And then again, this needs going without saying, but uh, it's their silent whiteout game. Yep. And so I feel like there's not many teams that that escape Beaver Stadium on a night game like this and come out on top. And yeah, again, I just I don't think that Mountaineers have enough with it. Penn State has yet to name a starting quarterback, so that is kind of an interesting question. I think we all agree that it's going to be Drew Aller. Uh, And again, I think that dude's going to be special. But I think they're going to lean on that defense, and why not? Lean on that running game that you know is so successful with James Franklin. Yep, and that's why I have Penn State winning this. When it comes to Penn State, though, as a whole in the Big Ten, I've said it. Until they prove it to me, until they beat one of the big two, the top two dogs, Michigan, Ohio State, until they do it, I don't believe in Penn State. I don't. And they're going to prove me wrong, and that's fine. I hope they do. But I'm tired of putting stock into a team like Penn State. It's like a Texas or a Tennessee. They're always right there, but they can't ever actually get over the hump and beat the really good teams to make it happen. And until Penn State does that, I don't buy it. But they will beat West Virginia. They will handle West Virginia tomorrow night there at Beaver Stadium in University Park, Pennsylvania. When we come back, let's talk a little Auburn-UMass because I know, Christian, you want to get your thoughts in on this Auburn game kicking off tomorrow, 2.30. Folks, we are less than 24 hours away. Less than 24 hours away from kickoff between Auburn and UMass for this 2023 season. Gives you a little chills, doesn't it? Makes your hair stand up a little bit on your arms as Auburn gets the 2023 season kicked off in less than 24 hours. Christian and I will talk about it as we wrap up hour number one. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Hour number one wraps up when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins, good buddy Christian Griffin joining me in the studio. My Lee Scott football color commentator as well will be on the air coming up in about four hours for Lee Scott football versus Monroe over on AU100. That's 100.3 FM or AU100FM.com. Uh, but let's talk a little Auburn. I know you want to get your thoughts in on this, Christian. I'll be talking more about it coming up in hour number two with Uncle T-Bone for On the Line Fridays brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and there, but Christian, Auburn football is back less than 24 hours. This time tomorrow, we will be watching, covering, cheering, listening, whatever, to Auburn football in Jordan-Hare Stadium taking on the UMass Minutemen. Um, just your your feelings, uh, before about the game itself, just your your feelings about getting back into Jordan-Hare Stadium, the season getting underway. Uh, Hugh Freeze ha- has revived this fan base already before the team even hits the field. So your your perspective as a, as a part of student media and just a student at Auburn right now. Yeah, I think it's absolutely amazing what he's done. Looking at it now, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's crazy to think that Coach Hugh Freeze wasn't the option all along, especially now with everything that he's done, not only with the campus, but with the team he's brought in, with the team that he's revived from the dead, the student body that he's re- uh, enacted with, uh, I think is absolutely amazing. I am so excited. I get to go as a student uh, for week one. I get one more year, one more game one. So I am excited. Take advantage of it, man. I am, Take advantage I of it. I don't think that my emotions are ready for all the above uh, starting that fourth quarter, but uh I'll keep you posted on how we're yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, look, it's going to be it's going to be a great atmosphere. Weather, knock on wood, seems to be it's going to be a perfect day for football. Overcast, 80 degrees. I mean, how much of a blessing is that in the state of Alabama for September 2nd for it not to be sunny, 100 degrees, miserable. I mean, that's been that's been the thought and the expectation for the last few months, but yet looks like weather's going to be beautiful tomorrow uh, for Auburn and UMass. What are you looking for tomorrow in this football game? Auburn on the field for the first time. Tons of new names, tons of new faces. We know it's going to be new schemes, new formations. Uh, That happens when you get new coaches. So (laughs) what are you looking for tomorrow in this game for Auburn uh, offensively, defensively, and as a whole against the Minutemen of UMass? I don't. I don't love using the word vanilla, talking about a college football team, especially in week one. You know, everybody's talking about you don't want to expose the playbook to those later teams in the conference. And I don't think that's necessarily what it's going to be. But I think that Hugh Freeze is just expecting to come out there and run the offense and see what works. You should be able to run the ball the way that you should. And Peyton Peyton Thorne should have the time to sit back and take those three and those five-step drops and complete the ball and move the ball down the field. I don't think that Hugh Freeze is wanting to go out there and do anything other than what he feels like his team should be able to do. And I think I think they're going to get it done. I, I That 35 cover, again, we've talked about, I think that's a, that's a big number. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking to see what Coach Hugh Freeze can do. Does it, I mean, does it give you any confidence, the fact that UMass, while they were seven-point underdogs in week one, and they did get a double-digit victory on the road at New Mexico State. They gave up 30 points and almost 500 yards to that New Mexico State team. We expect Auburn to run the ball heavy tomorrow, but they're going to sling it out and throw it because you got to see what Peyton Thorne can do. And, and I think you're going to see a heavy dosage of Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford. I think Holden's going to get in there as well. But does it give you any confidence, the fact that UMass, while they did win... They gave up almost 500 yards on defense. I, definitely. I think that's one of those things, especially with the run game being such a big question mark, or not even a question mark, a big disappointment, I would say, for last year with especially the the yards or the contact before even getting past the line of scrimmage. I think that's one of the things that's highlighted. And we've seen them Hugh Freeze talk about in practice 
having to be able to run the ball. I feel like that's one of the things that that Auburn is going to be able to have to do. Uh, we've heard Coach Coach Hugh Freeze say that that's something that they're going to have to use to their advantage, to use that first down, the continuous clock to their advantage, advantage, to try and shorten the game and keep Auburn have the or keeping the possession in Auburn's hands. And I just think that that's one of those things that Coach Freeze is going to have to do. And I, th- I look forward to seeing how he's going to do it. Yeah, it should be uh, should be a good game tomorrow for Auburn's sake. Uh, they are favored by. Look, I've seen it anywhere from 30 to 35 points, um, just depending on where where you look for entertainment purposes, of course. But um, Again, that's a big line for me in week one. I've gone back and forth, and I'm not going to make my official pick just yet, but in prediction, I guess. But um, I've gone back and forth on what I think about with Auburn with that spread. And just, it's not even about that. It's about what Auburn can do offensively, defensively. I'm looking forward to the special teams. Uh, Hugh Freeze talked about it on Monday in his in his game week press conference. I asked him about it, and uh, he, he just really, really praised Alex McPherson kicking the ball, Oscar Chapman punting the ball. Uh, we've got some exciting players that Auburn does returning the football on punt return and kick return. I think Auburn is really going to have an advantage over most teams on their schedule in special teams because you've got a punter in Oscar Chapman, one of the best in the entire country as a senior. He is going to be able to flip the field for you, pin teams deep inside their own 10, and make them march the length of the field. Then you've got punt returners and kick returners, uh, Keontae Scott, Brian Petit, uh, Jeremiah Cobb, Jarquez Hunter if he gets back there, Damari Austin. Like There is a handful of guys that are explosive, quick, evasive on kick and punt returns that are going to help you get great field position and help out that offense a little bit, whoever the quarterback is down the road and running backs and what have you. So I'm excited for that. And then we know Alex McPherson. He's a young kid, but man, he's got he's got the leg of, of an NFL player. And so I'm really excited to see special teams have a good day tomorrow, have a good season in 2023. And then defense got to have a good day. This is a good off, a decent offense for UMass, but not a great one by any means. They have an explosive quarterback, um, a guy that can beat you with his arm, beat you with his leg. But Auburn has to have a good day defensively for me tomorrow, Christian. I think that's that's what I'm going to be looking forward to the most. We've heard the struggles on the rush defense. Let's see what they got tomorrow against UMass. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things that almost work together. That special teams unit and the defense coming. To collectively together to help that offense out as much as possible, give them a short field, put them in positions where they can score the ball in the end zone. Christian Griffin, he is a student at Auburn. He is my Lee Scott football color commentator. Thanks so much for joining me, man. This was a blast. Yeah, man. Look, this was awesome. Looking forward to tonight. Yes, looking forward to tonight as well. Lee Scott football versus Monroe over on AU100, 100.3 FM and AU100FM.com. Christian will join me in the booth for Lee Scott football on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Pre-game 6.30 and kick off at 7. Christian, I'll talk to you a little bit later. Stay tuned, though. Hour number two coming up on the line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett brought to you by Sensa Green Heating and Air. We'll make our SEC football picks and talk about Auburn and UMass and make our official predictions for that. Hour number two of the Friday edition of On the Line coming up. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two during the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins, and joining me as he does for every On the Line Friday, it's Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. It's brought to you by our good friends at Green Heating and Air. T-Bone, how are you, man? Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday. Congratulations, everybody. We have made it. The official start to college football. Toe has hit leather. Florida looked terrible. <laughs> they need to call Sense of Green for some air that's cool and clean because they need some help. But yeah, every Friday, uh, three to four, Sense of Green, give them a call for all your heating and air needs and for any spray foam insulation. Uh, Jacob, my man, it's here. It college is here. football, we made it. We made I it, can't man. Believe it. That's right. We made it. We had week zero. Eh. We had games last night. Ended up being all right, but we've got real college football coming on tomorrow. T-Bone, we are less than forty-eight or less than twenty-four hours away from Auburn football kicking off against UMass over at Jordan Hare Stadium, and you better believe we're going to talk about that here in hour number two. But if you missed any of the first hour of today's show, uh, be sure, as you always do, go catch up with the podcast later on at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I had my weekly interview with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott. That was a really good interview talking about the offseason, talking about the changes in this Auburn football program and previewing the game versus UMass. Plus, my good buddy Christian Griffin uh, joined me on the on the microphone as well. He's my Lee Scott Keller commentator. Joined me talking a little football in that first hour. Looking at some of the other games outside the SEC in college football. So uh, we talked about that as well in hour number one. But here coming up in hour number two again, this is On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn. Brought to you by our friends at Sense Green Heating and Air. And now in our Waverly Local and Auburn Plaza studios how about that we've got great uh, great businesses sponsoring our studio here at ESPN 1067 T I know you want to show uh, a little bit of love to these folks that are making all of this happen here during football season so Waverly Local and Auburn Plaza Studios I mean it's just it's an honor to have that here and it's an honor for them to be a part of this wonderful show wonderful station and having you along for the ride yeah so the uh, Waverly Local and and the Plaza Bar over on Opelika Road in Auburn. Pre-game at the Plaza, right? Post-game at the local. There you go. Uh, good luck trying to get a reservation tonight at the local. Friday night's packed. But if you're coming into town, Tiger fans, the rest of the season, go ahead and get about two weeks in advance. Get you a, uh, if you want to eat one of the best meals you'll ever have out in that sleepy little hamlet up 280 in Waverly, Alabama, five miles up the road going towards Alex City. And uh, go ahead. You're going to need about two weeks to get your get you a uh, reservation because it's hot right now with everybody coming in town. It's amazing oh, yeah. to me growing up here, Jacob. I know this is going to kind of sound a little weird to you, but the fine dining options in Auburn now. Yeah. There, it, it, this is a foodie town, and the local has the best ribeye. 
that Ooh. I've ever had in a restaurant. But I'm gonna tell you what they have that's even better. It's their uh, it's the appetizer and it's the wickle pickled okra Ooh. wrapped in bacon. Oh, wrapped in bacon. Everything is better wrapped in bacon. Unbelievable. And the Plaza Bar is just a great place to hang out, and they got a great selection on all kinds of tasty cold snacks. A lot of TVs. I watch a lot of football down there, especially the early games. And they've got you know go down there and tell them Uncle T Bone sent you and get you a Bloody Mary to start out the day. There you go. Well, we're very honored to have them uh, a part of this program and station. And again, uh, just it's so much fun having you in the studio, Uncle T. Busy weekend for you with uh, the initial game day on Wings 94.3 show starting tomorrow with you and Jumping Jack Cutting over on Wings 94.3. Um, uh, you guys are going to have a blast. 10.30 tomorrow, one hour show that leads right into the Tiger Tailgate show for the Auburn Sports Network. I know you guys are looking forward to that. I'm going to be around making sure uh, everything goes well for episode one, but I'm excited for you guys, man. That's going to be a lot of fun just talking Auburn UMass and pre- previewing all of the biggest games across the country. Hey, Jacob, I'm just trying to keep up with you, man. You're like the busiest guy in radio. It I'm seems like you. it, but man. But it started last night for me. I went to Tiger Talk. I did not see you there. I highly recommend Auburn fans, if you want to have a great time, one of the partners for um, for Game Day on Wings, Baumhauer's, hosted it last night. Yep. I was with my good friend Kevin Tudhope, who owns Baumhauer's. We sat right up front. We Shout saw out. Coach Freeze. He Coach Freeze walks in. Okay, let me set the stage. Every, it's jam-packed in Baumhauer's, and that's a big building. As we knew it, as there. we expected it would be. I mean, it, Tiger fans were everywhere. There were even Bama fans there hanging out to see what was going on. I know a few of them. Okay, it was that exciting. The double doors open. Here comes Coach Freeze straight from practice. Has a whistle on, man, still. <laughs> and the place erupts. Love it. And goes Love crazy. And, and, you know, you're not going to catch Hugh Freeze off guard much. He's been coaching a long time. He's seen just about all of it in college football. I think he was a little stunned. I think the energy there kind of shocked him, and he really jumped right in, and it was a heck of a show. It's great to see Andy Bertram there, too, also. Well, wait until he walks into Jordan-Harris Stadium tomorrow at around 2.30. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, Jake, that's what he said. He said, you know, if it's if tomorrow's going to be anything like tonight, I can't stand it, and and it's, it's going to be wild. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Well, of course, Tiger Talk every Thursday night over on Wings 94.3, and then starting tomorrow, game day on Wings 94.3. Uh, it's an hour before the pregame show for the Albert Sports Network. It's Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, and Jumpin' Jack Cutting. That'll be at 10.30 tomorrow morning. It's an hour long. Feeds right into the Auburn Sports Network, Tiger Tailgate Show, Countdown to Kickoff, and then, of course, Kickoff of Auburn Football, Auburn versus UMass, 2.30 on Wings, 94.3. And T, I'll tell you this, Thursday nights are um, the Lee Scott Academy Quarterback Club meeting. So all the okay. dads for the quarterback or yep. for the Lee Scott players, coaches get together. Uh, we have a chance to, uh, and they're, they, you know, I'm so honored they invited me to be a part of that every single week. I did it last year they all get together have a great meal talk about you know talk a little football and just have a good uh, a good fellowship meeting so uh, that's that's what i'm doing on thursday nights and really proud to be a part i mean never stops working folks never never it's amazing but i love what i do and that's what makes it that's what makes it enjoyable but here phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you here in hour number two this is again on the line fridays with uncle t-bone wade bennett 334-321-1390 what are your thoughts on auburn versus umass tomorrow any other games going on around college football Football, especially in the SEC, we want to hear from you. 334 321 1390. Before we start making picks, what in the world? I mean, what in the world happened in Salt Lake City last night? Florida, I picked Utah to win this thing, mm-hmm. and I said they were the better team. I said they were more mm-hmm. talented. I said they were better coached. 
And man, I didn't know it was going to be that obvious. I didn't know they were going to make me look that good, Uncle T. Look, man, were you able to uh, actually see the game? Because there's 13 million people out there who are Charter Spectrum customers. How about that? Did that? Not. that was a bad omen to the start of what's probably going to be one of the worst Gator seasons in years. Look, we've been talking about this for a month now, and if you've followed Jacob, you have followed me at www.radiofreeauburn.com, we have been selling, selling, selling Florida bigly. Get away from them. It's not going to be a good year. You even said they have the toughest schedule in in the SEC. I agree with that. Uh, There's a lot of headwinds down there heading into the season, but I knew it was going to be bad my friend yeah but i didn't think it was going to be that bad that they looked horrible hey you know what real quick jacob yeah i just want to give a shout out to brian harson it's good it's good for him to see that he landed on his feet and he's calling plays at florida <laughs> because if that oh, wasn't no. a harson like oh no i don't know what was i was just having flashbacks yesterday oh, it was terrible it looked like some gus malzahn stuff at times too i mean it said third and ten Run up the middle. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah, some of the play was, calling last night for them was atrocious. Oh, it was bad. The quarterback play. Look, it's it's blatantly obvious, and and you know this is one of the uh, one of the things in college football. Now you got to put pressure on quarterbacks mm-hmm. just to have a chance because the offense of rules outweigh the defense so much. And when they put when when Utah dialed up blitzes, when they put any type of pressure on Graham Martz last night. He did not look good, and that offensive line couldn't do anything. I no. mean, they they couldn't hold they couldn't hold a toddler coming through their line. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was unbelievable to see an SEC team went on the road and got absolutely bullied by a Pac-12 team. But they were manhandled. Team. Yeah, there's no question. And look, I, I talked about this earlier today. You go back to 1990 when Steve Spurrier came into Florida and how spoiled they've been. This is the Florida that I grew up with. What you're seeing since. Urban Meyer kind of freaked out in 2009 after losing the SEC championship to to Nick Saban and being dethroned as the king of the SEC. This is Florida, and I don't want to be ugly here, but they're kind of new money. They're like your neighbor winning the lottery. They got Spurrier. They got Urban Meyer. The last 30 years, I think they've won eight SEC titles, three national titles. But before 1991, they hadn't had a 10-win season ever or an SEC title that I can recall. So this is the Florida that I saw growing up, what we've seen over the last few years. Pretty good, dropping down. Pretty good, dropping down. What what do they do from here, though? Because their fans, I've talked to several today, are freaking out. Yeah, well, you got, and that's what I was talking with, with my friend Christian about in the first hour was, even if Florida had lost last night, but they looked good doing it, then maybe Florida fans could feel okay. But there was nothing positive out of this game last night. I mean, absolutely nothing. You scored 11 points, and you gave up 24 to a backup quarterback for Utah. And they, like I said, they bullied you for four quarters. I mean, you you took a step back as a program. You took a step back in year two under Billy Napier, a coach that I really like, a guy that I really like. But... I just don't know. I don't know what they did in the offseason. I don't know how you could be that unprepared and that undisciplined and that confused in a week one matchup. And it's not looking good for Gainesville, Florida fans. And uh, I've said it, man. I've been trying to tell people it's going to be a bad year for the Gainesville, uh, for Gainesville residents and those cheering for, for the orange and blue of Florida. 
Well, look, you know, I, I'm, I still don't know about Billy Napier as an X's and O's guys. I mean, he had some success, obviously, at Louisiana University as their head coach. They tied for the league championship the first year, won it the last three years in the Sun Belt. They were an aggressive team. But, you know, he, he did not look like he had any business being on the sidelines last night. And the only thing that's keeping – all of that together right now, if, if, if any of it's together, is his recruiting ability. Right. And I know that, you know, Alabama fans have a soft spot for Napier. He was on staff with uh, – he was on staff with Saban for four years. He was an excellent recruiter there. You know, he was with Dabo Sweeney for a couple of years. But, you know, after 2010 there, he got shown the door and wasn't an offensive coordinator again until I believe he was at Arizona State for a year, years later, and then ended up over in Louisiana. I don't know, man. You know, they, they've played musical chairs there for 10 years now, starting with Muschamp, uh, McIlwain, Mullen and now Napier, they're all hanging their hat on the fact that they got like the number three recruiting class and rivals right now. But you know good and well that those the, the, the sharks out there smell blood. Mm-hmm. Probably Nick Saban was in the air last night in the second quarter going to see their number one recruit. Yeah, well, you better believe it. Well, it seemed to be a disaster for Florida, one of the SEC teams in action. Missouri handled business, so good for them. Uh, but all the other SEC teams in action tomorrow. And when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, we're going to make our picks for some of these SEC games. Some of them are entertaining. Some of them, eh, not so much. There's some week one matchups in there. But we're going to make our official picks for our SEC football challenge. Go online, pick along with us. We'd love for you to be a part of it. ESPNAU.com. It's a yearly contest all season long for the SEC football season. Weekly winners and then a grand prize winner at the end. So be sure you're going and signing up for that. We'll make our picks for week one around the SEC, then talk some Auburn and UMass here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7. Time to make some picks for SEC games coming up in week one of college football. Coming up in a few minutes, we will uh, be talking a little Auburn and UMass. That'll be at the bottom of the hour here on ESPN 106.7 for the Friday edition of On the Line. But look, there's some games in here that are week one matchups, right, Uncle T? There's some games in here that just aren't very sexy. But there are some games in here that are exciting. And so want to talk about some some of these talk about some of the storylines in these as well and again we're making our picks live on the sec football challenge over at espnau.com be sure you go and check that out picks lock every friday at midnight so be sure uh, you go and get that in uh you, you technically you're going to get a freebie if you go and pick utah florida because that game is over so uh be sure that you go and get that freebie in and i gave you the freebie yesterday i told you utah was going to win but go get the rest of your picks in that's every single week there is a weekly winner right based off of uh, our sponsors johnny brusco's pizza the orthopedic clinic tzatziki's and vintage 2298 butcher shop so be sure you go and do that weekly winners all throughout football season then whoever has the best score at the very end you win all of the weekly prizes plus a 55 inch flat screen smart tv so be sure you do that espnau.com click on the contest tab and you can find it all right there before we make our picks we'll get to the phone lines really quick 334 Three two one thirteen ninety. Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Friday. What's up? Happy football Friday, Jacob. Happy football Friday. That's right. We're doing great, Terry. 
Hey, uh, uh, with what's going on with the um, what's happening around with the, the charter spectrum stuff? Have y'all even addressed that at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. T actually brought it up a few minutes ago, I, and, and we were going to talk about it more uh, when we're talking it's, it's, Auburn and UMass because yeah, what a disaster that is that they cut off ESPN right mm-hmm. before the Florida Utah game, and more importantly, Terry. Auburn plays on ESPN tomorrow, so anybody here yeah, in Auburn, Opelika, that if you're it, really anywhere, if you're looking to to if you can't watch the game, you know where to find it here in the in the area, Wings ninety four three and WingsFM.com. Well, I mean, they they doesn't Alabama play on the SEC network, which is owned by ESPN as well tomorrow. You better believe it. And you know how those rednecks look, act. All right, that's so, just college football fans in general. Yeah, well, pretty much. It's like another hockey game up north, right? That's right. That's right. Do you, have you guys? Do you guys have any take on what you think is going to happen tomorrow with Jacquez Hunter? Because I've heard both sides of things. Whew, that's a great question. Uh, you know, you won't know until kickoff. Uh, you know, I don't hear anything. No one. I don't want to know the inside info. I'm just a general fan. But you know, if I had to, I guess place a wager right now, I would probably say he doesn't play. Yeah, I figured that, yes, so I'd say, I really liked Hugh Freeze's answer last night on Tiger Talk. He says, look, it's a university, it's not football, but you just let it die. Right, and that's, we'll see, what, we'll Saturday. that's been his message since he was in Nashville for SEC Media right. Days. And so, right. look, here's the good thing. You're not playing a tough opponent week one. So if he plays, if he doesn't, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter against uh, UMass. Exactly, I mean, exactly. Uh, I mean, you're going to find out how much depth you have, and, Plus, he's going to be just that much more fired up and, and angry, running angry against California, which I think is going to be a much tougher game. Exactly. You're 100% right. If he right. does play tomorrow, he might go for 200 yards in the first half. I think with all this weather, I mean, it's just pouring down here on the plains all day. Field's going to be soaking wet. Auburn's going to line up. Gunnar Britton was at Tiger Talk last night. He's massive. If he's if he's the average size of our offensive line, they're going to push UMass around. You know, this UMass team with Don Brown, you know, he's kind of got this funny reputation for his defenses. I'm not going to say he's like an old Jolie Dunn type guy, but they play a three-man front with three linebackers. They move them around. They bump them around up until the snap. Oftentimes, I think they confuse themselves, and New Mexico State ran all over them. What do you think Auburn's going to do tomorrow, Jacob? Uh, the exact same thing about times five. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're it's just going to T-Bone about Jolie Dunn. I've heard that said probably four or five times today, that he reminds him of Jolie Dunn. Yeah, I so, don't think that they're that crazy, right? I mean, you know, that, that was just – I don't think just, they have that kind of talent either. No, they don't. I mean, look, UMass has probably got upwards of about 30 to 35 people who will really play tomorrow. And, and, and late, I think Auburn comes out vanilla. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the game a little bit later and get into the SEC picks now. But UMass is going to – I mean, there's, it doesn't matter if Hunter plays tomorrow. I'd like to see him play because I want to see him run wild. But they've got a stable of running backs over there now, and it might just be a good time to get some of the other kids some some playing time, including uh, including is it Sean Jackson? Well, I don't mind, I don't mind having the idea of him running all over California next week, which so. I think they're going to have to do, and I think no they question. should do. That's that's going to be the the best way to do it if for Auburn to beat Cal. Sure, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, appreciate the call, Terry. Good to hear from you. Three three four three two one. 1390. Uh, let's get to... Yeah, Jacob, I'm looking over the uh, the contest right now. $25 gift card. V 
Visa gift card week one. You know, you want to get your picks in every week, right? Mm-hmm. I just put mine in. It's very simple to do. There's some really nice gift cards on here from week to week and then the big prize at the end. So make sure you get them in, folks. Yep. I just got mine in. And uh, this week at RadioFreeAuburn.com, uh, I did around the SEC. So do you want to start with the uh, the Eastern Division or the Western Division on picks? Um... Let's just let's start with the East. We'll start okay. with the East. We'll start with the Eastern picks and, and some of the games that are that are gimmies. We'll just give our quick pick and, and, and sure. move on from those. So um, you had Florida, Utah, obviously played last night. Missouri, South Dakota played last night. Um, we'll start with Tennessee, Virginia. That's a game that could be interesting. Tennessee's a pretty heavy favorite here. T. It's a game technically neutral site being played in Nashville. They're at Titan Stadium. Uh, Tennessee, Virginia. I'll go ahead and give you mine. I think Tennessee rolls. Yeah, I've got Tennessee in this game uh, winning 48-17. to uh, I know that the Vols, as of yesterday, were giving up 28 points in this game. So that's right around the uh, the cover line, if not there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, Tennessee, Virginia, it, it's a good program. It's a nice team. They've got some athletes. I think that their head coach has got them in the right direction. But Tennessee's hot, man. Tennessee's been hot since last year. And uh, they, they, they legitimately might score 60 points in this game. Yeah, I expect Joe Milton to be uh, on fire. I think he's a great quarterback. I'm excited for him. Um, I think he is an electric player. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think you're going to see that tomorrow. And I think you're going to see that as the year goes on. So give me Tennessee big tomorrow no uh, versus Virginia. Kentucky Ball State, no debate there. Kentucky's going to win, win easily. Um, I, I really like this Kentucky team as well. I love Coach Stoops. Yeah, look, that's he's got Con- University of Kentucky football on solid ground has now for 10 years that's a stable program I'm not sure that Kentucky's offense is going to wow anybody uh they play a, a solid brand of defense I've got them winning 34 to 13 tomorrow Ball okay State catching 26 and a half points okay you like Ball State to at least hang around a little bit I, right. I respect it I respect it I think I think Kentucky covers um I think they're gonna roll um let's see what other east teams we well, got the, on the, here? a very interesting game is south carolina north carolina yes absolutely you are absolutely right about that man i have gone back and forth on this oh, yeah. game for months for months i've gone back and forth on this game i have multiple pick em, like contest out there that i'm a part of with friends and family whatever on my official sec football challenge picks i'm taking north carolina and here's wow. why i'm okay. taking north carolina I like Drake May. I think he's the more experienced quarterback. He came back another year for North Carolina. He's got some weapons. He's a better passer than Spencer Rattler. We know what Rattler can do with his legs. We know what he can do with athleticism. He showed it last year at the end. But what Spencer Rattler are you going to get week one, Uncle T? That's the biggest question for me. I think this game will blow open the over, whatever the total is. It was 60-something last time I looked. Give me the over in this game, but I'm going to take my gut All right, my gut is telling me to take the Tar Heels of North Carolina. I want South Carolina to win, but on my SEC football challenge, I'm taking the Tar Heels of North Carolina. So I'm going to have to go opposite of you here, and I know this is probably a mistake because last week I thought that Navy might actually hang around with Notre Dame, and you quickly pointed out that that wouldn't happen. But I'm a degenerate fan, and I pick with my heart, and you're a professional, and you pick with your head. So (laughs) I'm taking South Carolina here 31-30, to and in the famous words of Jim Fife, it's going to be a wild and woolly shootout. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for that game. Then it's tomorrow night, so after the Auburn game, we get to to go out and and watch it wherever you're going to be watching it. And so uh, excited to be able to to take in that game. Georgia, uh, another 
SEC East team playing UT Martin. But Carson Beck, the starter officially for the Dogs, so we'll see what he looks like in his first game as a starter. Do you think that Brock Bowers actually has any type of chance of winning the Heisman like a few people have tried to bring up? No. No, I don't either. No. But Georgia could score 100 if they wanted to tomorrow. I don't think they do. Georgia wins this game 60-3. to Also, Vanderbilt's going to get their second win of the year. They're going to beat Alabama A&M, which will put them a third of the way there to get to a bowl game uncle t-bone which they're going to do in 2023 i know they looked bad against hawaii they didn't look great the weather conditions were not good either and the stadium is abysmal but Vanderbilt will win tomorrow. No worries about that. And they're going to be a third of the way there on their bowl eligibility. Well, if Florida keeps playing like they do, you might as well just put Vandy up there as a W against the Gators. And uh, I was looking over Florida season earlier, and, and when they play Vandy after that, they'll have six games left in the season, and they could legitimately lose all six of those games and be an underdog in them, including at Missouri in, in, in late November, will it, where, where it will be all of about five degrees. Oh, yeah. What a disaster. Well, what when we come back, we'll go through our SEC West picks for tomorrow in week one. Again, some uh, not so exciting matchups, but a few, including Auburn and UMass. We'll talk about that game, finish up our picks, and give our final predictions and thoughts on Auburn versus UMass tomorrow at Jordan Hare Stadium. Stay tuned. The Friday edition of On the Line rolls on when we come back. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, we got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. This is On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by our wonderful friends at Sensi Green Heating and Air. Uncle T, plug them, tell them where they can find all the information and find you and your podcast as well. Yep, let's start with Sensi Green Heating and Air for air that it's cool and clean. You better call Sensi Green. Check them out at www.sensigreen.com and covering East Alabama out of the Opelika office. Give them a call, 334 334- Three six six nine two three seven. You know the heat's kind of dying down now, Jacob. It's time to go ahead and start your maintenance plan before uh, before you got to crank up the heater this winter. Mm-hmm. Two times, two times a year. It's well worth it. Look, you go to the dentist twice a year, right? Get your heating and air clean twice a year as well. That's right. Make a huge difference. Yep. Save you a lot of money. So they're great. Uh, shout out to uh, to the Waverly Local and the Auburn Plaza Bar for uh, our new st- studio sponsorship this yep. fall. Yep. Pre-game at uh, the Plaza for some uh, tasty cold snacks and then post-game with the big Auburn Tiger uh, celebratory victory dinner at the Waverly Local. You heard it here first from Uncle T. I recommend the ribeye out there and the Wickles Pickles bacon rack uh, bacon wrapped okra it's incredible mm. so um and then real quick we had a, a such a good time giving some stuff away last week we're going to have another weekend giveaway on social media here right yep and it's going to be my self-published uh book fearless and true you got to give a score to the game whoever's the closest will win one of these copies of this uh book it is not the official record of how the how the name war eagle came about it's just my creative version of it and i hope everybody enjoys it yep so be sure you check that out we'll be posting that later this afternoon on 
ESPN 1067's Twitter account. So go and like it, retweet it. I guess repost it now since it's X and not Twitter. But um, yep. be sure you like it, repost it, and then give a score prediction for Auburn and UMass. The one who whoever's closest, you're going to win a copy of a really good looking book here, Fearless and True, brought to you and written by Uncle T Bone Wade Bennett. So be sure you check that out on social media as well. Wade, let's get through the rest of our SEC picks right, as, before we start talking Auburn and UMass again. We're going through our picks on the SEC Football Challenge on ESPNAU.com. And be sure you go and follow along all season long. Make your picks. You can see the leaderboard will be on there. And hopefully I'll be at the top. And uh, I don't get any (laughs) prizes, but you can. And you can follow along with us. So we were talking SEC East teams. And uh, now we are talking SEC West teams. And a couple of the games, we'll just go ahead and knock out. Arkansas is going to roll over Western Carolina. Any worry about Ole Miss and Mercer, Uncle T, in in week one? It'll be almost as ugly as the Georgia-UT Martin game. I I have a feeling that Lane Kiffin's going to come out and try and and just run the score up and prove to everybody, you know, in his own mind why he didn't go to Auburn and stayed at Ole Miss, if that was actually really what was Mm -hmm. about to happen. I have questions about that. So, no, that'll be a bloodbath. The game that I am interested in uh, more than anything outside of LSU, FSU, which we'll get to, and obviously Auburn is, is Alabama laying down about 40 points to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, what do you think about that? Because they named a starting quarterback today officially. Jalen Milrow will officially be QB1 tomorrow in Tuscaloosa as the Crimson Tide take it on Middle Tennessee. We've been waiting on that. We figured it was going to be mm-hmm. uh, Austin Hannon, my Alabama guy who joins me on Wednesdays. He has been telling us for weeks it's going to be Jalen Milrow, uh, and that is the official starting quarterback tomorrow. So your thoughts on that game quickly? Well, real quick, it's tough to uh, – it's tough as an Auburn fan to admit this but I think college football is better with Nick Saban in it he cracks me up Uh, I do think he is a little too tough on the media several national media pundits took some shots this week Jacob Uh, Tim Brando Paul Feinbaum they called him a bully for you know him refusing to discuss his starting lineup with local media just taking up for their brethren you know y'all they need to they need to lay off Saban man it's tough to be the head coach at Alabama and own a Mercedes dealership at the same time right I'm sorry I didn't hear that properly did you yeah. say they need to take it easy on Nick Saban? Yeah, I just lay off on man. I mean, he just bought a seventeen million dollar home at Jupiter, Florida. It, it, life is tough on Saban right now. He's got a lot <laughs> on his plate. So, uh, back to the game though. They got a starting quarterback. Uh, Middle Tennessee State actually plays a little defense. I like their coach who's been there now 17 years. It's a stable mid-major program, right? They're always pretty competitive. They play zero offense, so that offense is not going to move the ball much on Alabama. Tomorrow, I don't think the Tide wants to reveal a whole lot before they go to uh, before they host Texas next week, which will be a monumental matchup. The Tide laying 39 and a half here. I got Bama winning 48-13. All right, I like Alabama big. I think you're going to see all three quarterbacks play tomorrow, Milrose, Simpson, and Buckner, I think you'll see all three of them play for the Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow. Uh, Texas A&M play in New Mexico. Nothing crazy there. Mississippi State, Southeast Louisiana. Not that this game is interesting, but that Mississippi State team is such a big question mark in this conference. People are really low on this team and they're wrong, Uncle T. I think Mississippi State is a good football team. I think they are really hungry. I think Zach Arnett is a really, really good fit for this job. I don't know how good of a coach he is just yet at this level, uh, but his team's going to play hard. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they are going to play hard, and I think they're going to be in some games this fall. So they're going to beat Southeast Louisiana, obviously, week one. Not worried about that, but I think people should uh, lay off on the on the slander of Mississippi State uh, before we get really into the season. The other game, before we talk Auburn 
and UMass. We already picked North Carolina, South Carolina. I took North Carolina. You took South Carolina. The biggest game of the weekend. The biggest game on Sunday night. LSU, Florida State. Neutral site on Sunday night. Standalone game before the NFL gets kicked off next uh, next week. LSU without a couple of star players. One on defense. They're running back on offense. Florida State favorite to win the ACC. T, who wins this one and why? Well, this is this is the must-watch television Sunday night. Game of the weekend, obviously. Um, it is going to be a monumental matchup with national ramifications. The winner of this game, especially if it's FSU, has an inside track to the Final Four. Um, LSU can afford a loss here, but then they're, they're going to be pushing a wet noodle up, up a hill the rest of the season. Um, I've got LSU winning the game 29-27. It's going to be a wild, wild one. Jacob, and either someone's going to make a field goal late to win the game or miss one to lose it. Well, it's similar to last year, right? It's what it came yep. down to in a, in a crazy game between LSU and Florida State last year. I'm going to take Florida State to win this one. Um, I think a couple of key players not playing for LSU. I think the defense for Florida State is going to get after Jaden Daniels, maybe a slow start for the Tigers. And and I've said it before, this is a game where if you win it, it really propels your season to a really hot start in 2023. But it's not the end of the world if you lose it, in my opinion. It, it, whoever loses, either LSU or Florida State, if you win, you're in a great spot because it's a playoff resume builder for two teams that will be in the conversation by the end of the year. But if you lose it, you're fine because you're going to have a loss to a playoff contender by the end of the season. So, And it's a non-conference loss. I'm not worried about it, but I'm taking Florida State to win and to cover. Yeah, Jacob, you know what's crazy is that this will be the third year in a row that LSU will open up that John Emery Jr. will not be in the starting lineup, will not be able to, eligible to play. I hate it. I mean, what 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 is going on? How, do, how are you not eligible? And it's all academic, right? It's got to be. How are you not eligible three years in a row in big-time college football? I mean, I don't get that. I just don't get it. And the suspension on the defensive lineman is way ridiculous yeah it's insane i mean a month before nil rules come out it it came out that he signed some footballs and got some cash for it i mean that's child's play in today's college football we're not surprised though are we well i mean it's the ncaa that's right you know well lsu still favored by the way my apologies i thought florida state had had swinged back the other way so yeah i got florida state outright well there's a lot of people that like fsu as as it gets closer to this game um you know brian kelly did a heck of a job last year but there were a few games that they could have lost including the Auburn game last year so um lsu's obviously on the right track uh with their program but you know fsu man watch out they win that game they win that game sunday night legitimately with Florida being down especially they got a maybe a one game season two weeks later at Clemson and that's it and they can just crew, put it in cruise control if you can in today's college football world so that's going to be a wacky game but I like LSU I'm going to go with the SEC wow, here. I, okay, you know I mean okay. I, I just I like I said I think somebody hits a field goal late or FSU goes down there and it's wide right time but this time against LSU going to be a good one Sunday night LSU and Florida State I'm picking the Knowles you're going to pick the Tigers and uh, that will conclude our uh, SEC pickums here on the Friday edition of on the line go get your picks in before 
for midnight tonight, ESPNAU.com, the SEC Football Challenge. Uncle T and I will be doing this every Friday on the show. Let's go ahead and take an early break. We'll come back. That'll give us the rest of the show to talk Auburn and UMass, give our thoughts, what we're looking for, picks, predictions, all that good stuff. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, ESPNAU.com, and the ESPN 106.7 app. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, final segment here on the Friday edition of On the Line. This is On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by our good friends at Cincy Green Heating and Air. And now our studio sponsored by the Waverly Local and the uh, Plaza, right? Join here or uh, Joining on as our wonderful sponsors here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. And we took an early break because we want this final segment. Uh, got about 10 minutes or so uh, to talk Auburn and UMass. And and in the future, we're going to have longer segments, but it is Auburn-UMass, right? But it's also week one, Uncle T. And Auburn's on the field for the first time tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Kickoff, you can find it over on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com. Your excitement level for this, Uncle T-Bone. Got I know we've talked about this leading up and building up to this, but Auburn football is back. This time tomorrow, we'll be watching Auburn football. Just your excitement level for the season to get going. Oh, I mean, right now it's 10 out of 10, especially going to Tiger Talk last night. That was such a good move on my part. I mean, it just really got me amped up for the weekend. Uh, you know, look, UMass isn't the sexiest team to open up with, but I think it's like the perfect opening for, for the Hugh Freeze few freeze regime look they're going to have a I don't think it'll be necessarily a tough game but it'll be a tough travel next week right I would have not been I'd have been a little bit more sketched out if they were going to uh, to California tomorrow right if we're kicking off in Berkeley tomorrow much more unknown um we've already seen UMass they do some interesting things we talked about it all summer I mean I labeled them as the worst team in college football at one point in 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 August that's not true you know they they may have beat the worst team in college football that we'll see later on in the year I don't know but they're a much improved team uh they got a little bit of a quarterback right he can make some plays I don't really think they have many playmakers on the outside I'm not worried about them running up and down the field on us but I'll say this I will say this I am very very interested more in what's going to happen defensively tomorrow with Auburn than offensively I'm not we're going to line up and just run the ball and we're going to run up and down the field and it's going to be a lot of fun right it's going to be the good old days you're going to see some big plays you're going to see some big runs yeah absolutely but the defense you know they have kind of struggled a little bit according to some of the experts against the offense this summer I think a lot of it has to do with some some injuries there's going to be some players out tomorrow getting rested up for next week Um, but look it's going to be a lot of fun anytime you bring in a new coach uh, anytime you start the season it every fan thinks hey this is going to be a great year and and it is I, I want to warn people I do think there's going to be a lot of up and downs this year we don't want to put the you know we've had amazing success in the past in first year stuff off the charts that never has happened at other programs okay and I don't fully expect that to happen but as an Auburn fan you don't ever know I've got Auburn winning the game tomorrow, fifty-two to thirteen, and uh, they're 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 gonna blow they're gonna blow UMass out. Yeah, well, here's the thing. All right, offensively for Auburn, 
like you said, and everybody knows it, UMass knows it, and they're not going to be able to stop it. Auburn's going to line up and run the football because I think this offensive line has improved. I think they're better. I think they're good. I think this is a good Mm -hmm. offensive line. It's going to be a top half offensive line in the SEC. Top three? No, probably not. But a top half, I think. And and that's going to be good enough because all they got to do is make some holes in the likes of all season long. The likes of Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston, Jeremiah Cobb, Brian Batiste, Sean Jackson, whoever else that they want to get the football to, they are going to make plays if the offensive line just does a decent job. And I think they will. I think they're going to do a good job. And so tomorrow... I think they're going to run the football. They're going to run it a lot. But they're also going to let Peyton Thorne, your starting quarterback, your brand new shiny polishy machine that you brought in from the Big Ten, you're going to let him throw it around a little bit and test these wide receivers. And I said that properly. I said that right. Test the wide receivers. I'm not worried about the DBs for for Massachusetts. You're going to test your wide receivers. Let's see what you got. It's week one. The lights are on. The cameras are on. You're on the air. Let's see what you got with a full stadium. We've been waiting to see guys separate. And I know it's week one, and you're going to have some big receiving numbers from guys like Shane Hooks and, and, and Jay Fair and those types of guys in the receiver room. That's what I'm looking for tomorrow offensively, and I think Auburn's going to do that. They're going to put up a lot of yards and put up a lot of points defensively. UMass can't throw on this Auburn defense. You've got guys who are all over the field playing on Sundays on this Auburn defense. I've said it a bunch everywhere I've been. I've said that. But you nailed it. Defensive line. Get some pressure on the quarterback. Stop the run. And let's limit this UMass team and not let them do anything offensively like they did last week against New Mexico State. Well, look, on the the defensive side of the ball, and I mean this, I think Auburn has the second best unit of defensive backs in the conference. I think Alabama has the first best unit. I think that they probably have maybe the best unit in college football. But Auburn's probably got one of the top five units of defensive backs in college football. Arguably. It may be top ten, okay, at worst. They're solid. They, they, I want to see dogs back there, and I want to see them aggressively up on these receivers. I want to see some tip balls. I want to see some pick sixes. But I'm the, the question marks to me are in that front seven. And we talked about this when I first came on the show, especially at linebacker. But, but it seems like that's settled a little bit. The defensive line is really, really what I want to see. I want to see somebody step up and, and put some serious pressure just on a natural – pass rush not necessarily any kind of blitz schemes you don't really want to show your blitz schemes this week because mm-hmm. you're going to show california what you're doing that's the trick right you want to show enough to make them think about some stuff but you don't want to show them too much now look i'm with you though that offensive line's good because they've got a bunch of really good players they've got a lot of experience being offensive linemen how do they jail right you know how do they jail? Yeah. you got guys from all around the country that are finally here all together and i saw a few of them last night and they're massive and they're lean you can tell that they're big they're athletic and they're ready to roll but how do they gel right and i cannot wait i cannot wait to see my man at tight end i yeah. cannot wait to see rivaldo fairweather but again look how much are you really going to see mm-hmm. you know offensively it's going to be vanilla you're going to see these options that we have at wide receiver competing not just against UMass but each other to move forward as a starter, which is nice, right? Yeah. Which is nice because it's a nice change the last couple of years. We've only had one go-to guy if we've had one at all. So, you know, uh, like I said, you, I want to see some excitement, obviously. I want to see what Peyton Thorne can do. But I really don't want to see too much because I don't want the opposition to see too much. When it comes to the defensive line, to go back onto that for just a second, 
I look at guys tomorrow specifically against UMass. You are going to have, on both fronts, defensive line and offensive line, Auburn is going to be bigger, faster, stronger, more physical, more talented, and more experienced than anybody that UMass can throw out there. So defensive line, somebody like Jason Jones better have a field day tomorrow. Pick somebody up, throw them out of your way, and go get the quarterback. Or somebody like Keldrick Falk coming off the edge. Get to the quarterback or blow up a run up the middle or off the edge. Make some plays tomorrow from the linebacker spot. I've talked about it. Guys like Larry Nixon the third, my man, got to make plays tomorrow. Get up in there, blow up run plays, stop them at the line of scrimmage, hit the, hit the quarterback behind the line, drag him to the ground, cause some fumbles. The defense should have some fun tomorrow. They should have more fun then the offense should because they're going to have a field day because the talent and just the the physical difference, you will see it tomorrow on the football field. And Andy Birch and Brad Law Jason Campbell are going to describe what they look like to you on the radio. They're going to have fun tomorrow on defense, as they should. Take advantage of a team in UMass that just doesn't have the dudes to compete with you as an SEC squad. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I honestly feel like it's going to be like that for these first three weeks, including next week. I, I just don't think that Cal's going to be the type team that's going to really be much of a threat to a legitimate SEC school. The The only issue I have with that game in, in, in what Auburn can do or cannot do against Cal is the travel part of mm-hmm. it, right? Because, I mean, that's just an odd place. Have you ever been to Berkeley? I've never been. I mean, it, it, it's not the easiest place on earth to get to. That's a long flight, right? And it's on the West Bay. But, hey, look, you know, great day tomorrow. The weather's going to be fantastic, you know. It's not going to be too hot. So get out there, Tiger fan, and uh, let them rip. Hey, tell everybody where they can find you, Radio Free Auburn with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. Yeah, check me out at www.radiofreeauburn.com. We'll be on Sensor uh, Green Sunday. will be Monday of this week. And uh, thank you so much to Sensor Green for air that's cool and clean, the Waverly Local, and the Auburn Plaza for making it happen right here with On the Line with Jacob Goins. That's right, On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn brought to you by our friends at Sensor Green Heating and Air. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Tune in on Wings 94.3 for game day with Uncle T and Jack Cudden. Kick off uh, the tailgate show with Andy Burcham and then kick off at 2.30 on Wings 94.3. Lee Scott Football AU100 tonight, 6 o'clock. Until Monday, have a great weekend. Go Tigers, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.